Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I'm just paying my rent every day in the Tower of Song. Welcome to Radical Australia. Empress, I'm devastated. What's the matter, little fella? We are $280 off our Radiophone total. Oh, oh. You know what that means, Dale? No. They're going to take us out and give us the cat of nine tail. Oh, but... Oh, no, oh, I won't go down that path, Dale. I understand. Okay. So, look, you've got all hour, while we're having this wonderful interview with this wonderful human being, this brilliant person, to ring up at 3CR and donate to the 3CR radio fund because last week we were a disgrace. Yes. So this week we're trying to, you know, be good. So nine four one nine eight three double seven nine four one nine eight three double seven. And remember, if you want to be like the rich and famous, if you want to be a celebrity, do what they do. Give your money to your favourite organisation, your favourite philanthropic organisation, and get a legal, legitimate tax deduction. So ring now, 94198377, and rub shoulders with the rich and famous. Now we have a real guest. Sorry about that. That's quite all right. I'm very sorry, but you know what it's like here at 3CR. I know. Oily rag, you don't get the money, you have problems. Now we have... Empress, we have yes. a star, oh, a God. star, a star amongst us. Really? We have had living gods, so you're not a living god. <laughs> We've had living gods in the studio. You're a star, one step below. <laughs> so we have Lalitha Chalia. Chalaya. Get it right. Chalaya. Could you tell us? Lalitha Chalaya. Lalitha Chalaya. That's right. And that's anglicised. I wouldn't want to tell you the Tamil pronunciation. Well, that's what I want. That's what we want. We don't want this. That is crap. I know. Tell us the real name. I lived in England for a long time and they have completely converted my name from Tamil Mm. to anglicised. Anglicised Tamil. So what what is your real name? Lalida Chalaya. Chalaya. It's very light on the pronunciation. Yeah, I thought so. Chalaya. That's a British media. Well, that's what I was saying outside. And they all looked at me and they said, you got it wrong. And then you tell me I got it wrong. Well, that's just what I said, what's Chilea. normal? Not Chilea. 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 Actually, it's not Ch. 
Selaya. 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 You won't get it. But here, right. but, <laughs> That's all right. You're trying. But, but all these anglicised people that listen to you know you, know you as Lali. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, all right. Mm. Now, we only asked two questions. You've got 55 minutes to answer them. <laughs> Sounds good. So, <laughs> now, the first one, because we've got to place people. You know, people like to place people. What I, year were you born? 50. 1950. I'm an old chick, mate. What, what are you doing there? Oh, what's me? What's all that noise? Oh, look, uh, it's just, you know... I mean, are you playing... Oh, uh, someone, you know, just reminding the folks to... No, yeah. no, we've got a real interview. Look, I know you weren't supposed to hear that. No one else would have heard that. Um, you only heard that uh, in the studio. Our know? listeners... Yeah. Uh, all right, okay. Yeah, this wouldn't is what have I heard it, but thanks for that. This is what I could have put up with. She's great. drawing attention to something the listeners would have heard. Keep it going, Dale. You're doing a good job there. That's right. Keep back in a minute. Now, second question. <laughs> yes. What's what's your first memory? What's the first thing you remember about being on this planet? On this planet? On the planet. Your first memory. <sighs> That's a very long time ago. I know. That's why we're asking. We start at the beginning. It's funny. When I was little in Malaysia, mm-hmm. where I was born, because it's hot, we generally don't wear too many clothes. Mm-hmm. We're running around. Mum had gone to the market, and there's me... And my siblings running around half naked, and we were playing outside. And there was the window that moved by itself. And we used to live in the rubber estates mm-hmm. where the British took all the poor old Indians from India as indentured labor. And we were terrified. So, why is the window moving by itself? And this woman from the rubber estate came and said, There are ghosts in your house. That's what I remember. That's strange, isn't it? That's terrible. No, no. For a little little tacker of two or three or four, that that is horrific. Yeah, ghosts in the house. I don't know why I remember it, but it's, it's always oh, there. How did you deal with it. that? Did you go in the house? We were no. terrified. We were terrified. waiting until mum came back. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting you outside. You, you said you had siblings. How many brothers and sisters have you got? Uh, two brothers and a sister. Two brothers and a sister. And I assume your parents aren't alive? Mum is. Mum is. Just. Oh, just. Tell us about your dad. He he's an interesting character. He worked in the tin mines in Malaysia, and he was trade union leader. He's a delegate, mm-hmm. and uh, they fought in many battles with the British owners. And uh, at one time, he led a struggle where he was arrested and thrown into jail. And they won the battle, but Dad always had that supposedly stigma. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and then, when um, in eighty seven, when the police arrested me on the picket lines in Dun Valley Hospital, I thought, "I'm my dad's daughter." <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, we'll get to that. I didn't know we had a radical in the studio. Very much so. Somebody who's been arrested with a criminal record. Absolutely. Dale, can we get rid of this woman, please? <laughs> Too late, mate. Please Too late. <laughs> and you said your mum's still alive. Just she'd what? Yeah. She'd be in her eighties. Eighty six. Eighty six. Is she living here in Australia or still no? In no, no. She's in Malaysia. Right, and have you seen her recently? Yeah, I, I go back every year. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very sad when you get an age where, you know, my mum would have preferred to have a youth, euthanized, mm-hmm. euthanized. Euthanized, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, my brother's a GP and he's very close to her and he said, no, nope, I'm going to keep her alive as long as I can. I said, you're being mean. So we had this ongoing battle. But hopefully he's looking after her. Oh, he does. And, he does look and, after and, her. There's yeah. special people there, you know, they're employed to look after her. Yeah. And he t- he's, she's staying at home. That's a good thing. Yeah, so, good thing. yeah. What, what was she like as a mum? Oh, she was... Well, I'm a, I'm a mum's daughter in character. She was a radical. Mm-hmm. She was a very, very much a feminist of her days. You know, she insisted that her girls get a good education. She said, you've got to be educated. You've got to have your career. Otherwise, the men will push you around. 
Well, it's right. Wow. It's not. I mean, you know, you've got this T-shirt, which is I find very confronting. <laughs> Are you, so, oh, sorry, Mr. Abbott. <laughs> well, it is confronting, you know. There's this T-shirt, you know. It says fight sexism. Correct. I'm, I'm concerned. Why? Why? You should be happy. Well, because, What's wrong with because, you? Because I don't like the colours. What, Black. <laughs> Tough, mate. My skin's black. No, no, and no. It's the purple. purple. The purple is uh, feminist women. Yeah, yeah. bloody suffragettes. Green and purple. Bloody suffragettes from the 19th century. That's where yes. you got the purple from. Yeah, well, let's get back to you. I mean, <laughs> let's not digress. They do this all the time. They try to aggress our guests. Men, you know, they're a bit hard to have conversations with. They keep going. I, 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 I let's don't want just... to talk. I want you to talk. I just, <laughs> what would you like Think to of yourself. About? You and me in a canoe. Oh, how terrible. <laughs> And I'm steering the canoe. I can't. I get seasick, mate. <laughs> and Dale's kind of barking orders at both of us. Oh, God. <laughs> you're not listening to. Yeah. That's uh, right. Yeah. So tell us about your mum again. You said she was radical. Yes. She was a very um, a strong leader in the community. You know, mm. she um, had a reputation for being a very strict teacher. She was a teacher, and that's mm. why she wanted all of us educated. And um, I certainly had my dad, dad organised and the boys in the, in the household organised. Um, worked hard for kids, not easy, working full-time, looking out for kids. Mm. And um, the students were terrified of her. But when she took a class, they all passed the exams. Good, that's the type of teacher I like. <laughs> and they're from the tr- rubber estates, you know, yeah. all these Tamil yeah. kids who so, are so children. Where, where in Malaysia was the in, Not far from Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. It was one of the rubber mm-hmm. estates. And um, the Indians were, well, they still are the underclass in Malaysia. So where did your family originally come from? India. Yeah, I know, South but, India, but, Tamil. But, but when? But when? I guess my great, no, my great, my grandfather would have come over in the 20s, 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, mom was born in Malaysia, so that was 28, yeah. Mm-hmm. About f- between 1915 and 1920, around that time that I come over. And you talk about people came across as indentured labourer. Yes. What, explain what exactly that meant. Well, what the British did was, as you know, British, um, India was um, colonised. So the British had this idea they would they'll transport Indians who were wanting to go and work elsewhere, and there was a lot of unemployed people in India. Under a particular contract, they'll take them over to Malaysia and put them to work on the rubber estates. But it's interesting because what they did was part of that contract was they had medical service, they had housing, they had schools, much more than what we get under Abbott. Mm-hmm. And they were all free. Mm-hmm. I thought they were progressive in the old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what, um, what do you mean by indentured labor? They were tied by contract. That's what it means. So they contracted workers. They had a contract, yeah. And they had to, and was it for a number of years? or? It was initially a number of years, and then I mm-hmm. think it became fairly free. They, they would travel between India and Malaysia mm-hmm. and, and the not airfare, the ship fare. There was no fare. They, would, they were mm-hmm. freely going back and forth. But they had to you know, finish their work. So did you live in a in a company house or Yeah, we all had what they had was lines of labourers lines, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they were all identical. I one bedroom homes with a little kitchen in the back. And um it it was in the, they all lived in their own commu- li- li- linguistic communities. Right. Yeah. Mm. So it was interesting. So where did you go to primary school? Uh, in in Kuala Lumpur. In Kuala Lumpur, so Mum thought you have to learn English to go ahead and get ahead in this life. So she put all four of us through English schools, Catholic schools. So, but how did you get there? 
by by crook, not by hook. By, by crook. crook. <laughs> I mean, here you because... are in this little village, a company town in a rubber plantation, yes. and off you go to this Roman Catholic primary school. Appalling, isn't it? No, no, it's not appalling. It's, but how did you get there? This is what I'd like to know. Well, it, it worked out that um, my uncle, my dad's brother, mm-hmm. he was an albino. Mm-hmm. And he was employed by the white fellas because he looked white. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. And uh, he also converted to Catholicism because he married a, a woman who was Catholic. Mm-hmm. So he organized it all through his connection through yeah, the Catholic community. How did community. you get there physically? Oh, every physically. Day, every by bus. Day. By bus? Yes. Every day? We travel every day. How long was that One take? hour to primary school, one and a half hours to secondary school. Well, let's get back to the primary school. <laughs> <laughs> Now, was the primary school, uh, were the children of all different backgrounds in the primary school? Yes, it? and majority were of the same religion as the school. Yeah. So, so how did you feel when you first, you wouldn't have had much contact before you went to primary school with other children of different backgrounds, would you? Or? Oh, they were Chinese, Chinese, a lot of Chinese yeah. and a few Malays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Eurasians were a little harder to come by. Eurasians are people, uh, children mm. who are offsprings of uh, European and, and Asian yeah. A person, we call them Eurasians. They were a little unusual, put it that way. But the rest of Chinese, Malays, and so, Malays rarely came to the schools because they were all Muslims. Mm-hmm. So you, they, the school is dominated by Indians and Chinese, and some Eurasians. And what was what was schoolwork like as a young primary school girl? Well, all I remember is we had this slate. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I remember the slate. The I ma- you know, was it Masonite? Masonite, I think. No, and it was, it was actually. Black That's a proper slate. Yeah. We had green ones, yeah, green ones. and we had oh. chalk, yeah. and we had a little duster with That's a wooden right. back. Yeah, yeah. So we had Did to carry to school and yeah. head all the way back home. That's we didn't right. have books. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> better, than a, better than a computer. God, my age is Much showing. Much better than a computer, a little, a little slate and a chalk. That's right. Nothing wrong with it. We got no. educated. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Did, did any, any teachers that kind of impressed you or had any impact on you in primary school? Um, not in the early years. But in the later years, I remember we had a um, uh, um, teacher who, you know, tried to get all the children to pass the exams. The reason I remember her was for such a criminal thing she did. <laughs> <laughs> she was very keen to make an impression. So she, what she did was the day before the test, she gave us the same test without telling us that was going to be the test the uh, next day. Uh-huh. And we all had a good practice run the uh-huh. day before. Uh-huh. And on the day of the test, we all passed, which was, which was unusual for our class. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's all right. Oh, poor thing, you know. She got well. She got disciplined for it. She got disciplined, of course. Did, did, who, 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 who ratted? But did you nuns, rat? Did you go and tell the headmaster? The nuns knew because normally, ma- in the uh, class, like you know, uh, you're lucky if two thirds of them pass the exam. The rest got sort of, uh, you know, got failed or whatever. Uh, but this time, we had a hundred percent of students <laughs> pass. A bit unusual, uh, a bit sass. Uh, so they said, "Okay, fine, let's check this out." Uh, and then they questioned the students, and of course, we little things told them the truth. <laughs> oh yeah, we saw this yesterday. Yeah, we were did very you? surprised. It was the same test. Yeah, I can imagine uh, you're the number one, Lali. Yeah, no, I don't know. I was very good once a little. When I was a teenager, I'd be a rat bag. Uh-huh, That's a different uh-huh. well, story. a different story. No, we haven't got to that yet. We <laughs> Exploring my life here. Well, no, no, no. We're just talking. Hmm. There's nobody listening, so don't you worry. Sure? Yeah, positive. <laughs> I mean, no, because nobody rang up for the radio. For, well, a few people did, but not many. So obviously there's nobody listening. So you don't have to worry. You can tell us everything you like, and there is nobody listening. <laughs> just remember that. Trust you. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm a man. Of course you can trust me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
you said you added extra half hour to your travel when you went to secondary college. Yes. Where, where was that? Still in Kuala Lumpur? That was further in the middle of the heart of the city. The, mm-hmm. And um, we had to, uh, it was just torturous. We all used to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yep, 5 a.m. Catch yep. the 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. bus. Mm-hmm. And it we had to be in school just before 7.30. That's when 7:30, school started. Yes, yep. Because it's tropical. Everybody yep. has a morning yep. school and yep. two shifts. Two shifts, yeah. And um, the bus would take us right up. It was on a hill. Mm-hmm. It was called Pineapple Hill. But it was there's a Malay name to it. Bukit Nana. So people don't realize what it really means unless you know Malay. Mm-hmm. And... Um, We'd get there just in time. Just in time. And but coming home was another story. We had to walk for about an hour to get to the bus stop in the city from where this place was and then catch a bus. That'll take another hour. So there's two hours. Two hours. School used to finish at about quarter to two. We'll be home by four. And then you had homework, obviously. Homework. Have a bit of a nap because the heat will be killing us. Mm-hmm. Had a bit of a tea. Had a nap. Get up. Do homework. And then play and then... Dinner in bed. That was our routine. It was militaristic. Five days a week. Yes. What did you do? And on and Saturdays too. Saturdays we used to go in for sport, extracurricular activities, art uh-huh. class. You're trying to impress, club. weren't you? Pre- no, we, we had to do material. Mm. We had to do mm. that. Prefect material. Yes, that's what's tough. Mm. But it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Mm. What type yeah. of sport did you do? Oh, I did everything. I was captain of the softball club, did hockey, did um, netball, athletics, mm. did everything. Mm. Did you get a blue? Who? Blue? Blue. You get a blue in Australia if you're good at sport. They give you a little blue. What's a blue? Oh, it's a little thing. I'm you, glad you, you don't know that either. It's a, yeah, it's a little thing know. you put. Maybe they don't do it anymore. It's a little thing you get on your coat to say you're an exceptional sports person. No, no, no. Nothing no, like that. It's like a badge or something. No, no. It's kind of a strip, you know, a little blue. Like uh, a ribbon? Ribbon, yeah. kind. Of, but it's actually incorporated into your school coat because you went to a private school, obviously. Perhaps yeah. it was just you. Well, I was very good at everything. I'm a man, obviously. Oh, God. <laughs> Give me a break, will you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, as I said, we had a living God and you've now got a megalomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> as well as the Empress. Oh, God. <laughs> so is there any any um, teacher that uh, kind of impressed you or directed you? Secondary school? Yeah. yeah we, I had a, a teacher that I really, really liked mm-hmm. and she taught geography. She was amazing. She was a Chinese woman, mm-hmm. very gently spoken, and she did, she treated us really well. She respected us, and that is one thing that I always remember. I don't remember her name was Mrs. Ong, it was. Mm-hmm. And I did very well in her class because I liked her. And that always taught me, if the kids like the teachers, they usually do very well. And I find that my daughter does the same thing. So I'm, I like a teacher, so I'm doing well in the school. In, in but how about your poor mum? They did well, and I'm sure they didn't like us. Oh, so they, they got thumped. They didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different strategy. <laughs> so, so yours was a more modern, modern education. Yes. <laughs> no, we were, we were not. I think I got hit once by a teacher in, in grade six, but other mm. than that. Mm. Yeah. So the corporal partial was routine in those days, wasn't it? Oh, God, yes. My, my, in the boys' school, yes. I'm in the girls' school. Mm-hmm. In the boys' school, oh, this is another story, that you had brothers who wore long dresses, right? Yeah, brown uh, dresses. monks. Yeah, and yeah. they wore heavy leather shoes in the bloody yeah. tropical country, mm-hmm. ludicrous stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember my cousins used to go to the school, and they used to always shove books in the back of their pants. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what it was. And I said, why do you do that? Uh, when we get... You know, get punishment, we get kicked in the bum. So that book will take the 
majority of the heat. And, and obviously, <laughs> when you went home and complained to your father or mother, they say you deserved it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> generally that's the case because it's interesting because it's like the migrants here. The Indian mm. community felt that mm. unless the kids are educated, they cannot get on in life. Mm-hmm. So they said the teacher they, – they, and, and we see in our, our culture, there's a hierarchy of respect. So your, your um, mum first, dad, um, teacher, and then God. God forth. Yes. Good. And the way it works is people think that that's just a hierarchy of importance, but it's not. There's another explanation. It means they are the steps. First, your mom teaches you about God, then your dad, then your teacher, then you get to the top. Mm-hmm. So there are two different explanations. I'm an atheist, so it doesn't really matter to me which, which way you look at it. <laughs> but, but at that stage, did you have a religious belief? Um, yeah, we were Hindus. We were brought Hindus. up Hindus. Hindus. Yeah. How did you feel about going to a Catholic school? didn't like it. I had a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, when we get to grade, we, we, it was three years into secondary school. It's a different grading um, in those days, and even still is, I think. So seven, in grade nine, you're allowed to choose your subjects. So I dropped religious knowledge and picked up Tamil, my mother tongue, mm-hmm. which I, t- you know, I yeah. took as a subject later on. But it was just atrocious, the grueling. And, you know, we were, we were brought up good little handmaidens. We would learn to sew, cook. All the crap that, you know. Oh. Oh. Perfect woman. No. That's what they were doing. They are trying. Yeah. They failed yeah. in my case, but yes. that's a different story. <laughs> so you're still in... What did you think about living in Kuala Lumpur? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know any different, so I was fine. You know, you just, you just take it as it comes. Mm. But it's when I went to England to do my nursing, I mm. noticed a difference. Let's go back. But it's Let's different. Let's go back. Let's go back. No, I didn't know any different. So uh, you just roll no. with the things that are around so, so what year did you um, graduate from high school? 68. 68. So when were the problems in Malaysia? Were they in 68? No, just before? after that. After Two years that. after that, there was this massacre. Mm. So... Were you there when that happened? No, I was no. in England. So you graduated and you just raced off to England like yes, that? Yes, yes. How come? It just happened. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Did your father kind of pack you away because you're rebellious? Oh, no, 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 what's, no. What's I went. Mum and parents had nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. I had a girlfriend in school who wanted to go and she didn't want to go by herself. She wanted to do nursing in England. Mm-hmm. And her sister had already gone, so she said, I didn't want to go alone. I want someone to come with me. And our good friends with obviously well, said... Well, you would have been 17, 18, wouldn't you? 17. 17, yeah. She yeah. said... Um, why don't you come with me? I said, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> so I told my mum. She said, yeah, but I don't have the money because she had just packed my brother off to India to do medicine. Mm-hmm. So she said, I don't have any money. And then my uncle came and he said, I'll give you the money. I said, mm-hmm. fine. So I got on a ship. And from Singapore, Sri Lanka, South Africa, Portugal, Southampton, I was in England. Mm. Did you get off at any way? Yes, in Sri Lanka. What did you think of that? Well, Sri Lanka was fun. It's not, not mm. hugely different from Malaysia. We went mm. to the fishing village and all that. I remember that, Negambo. Mm. But South Africa was a different story. Apartheid was still on. Tell us about it. What was your experience? Um, I was fascinated because I didn't know anything about politics at the age. I was very feministly inclined because I hated being pushed around and bullied. And, and in our culture, they, prior, they prefer boys, so they tend to treat them with greater respect and whatever. So that always bothered me. But when I got to South Africa, there were a number of people who refused to get off the boat. And I was thinking, what's wrong with these people? You know, something strange. And then we got off at Johannesburg, I think. And um, we went down, went to a Chinese restaurant, and there was this big board, whites only. And there's another 
door that said blacks. I said, this is ridiculous. What <laughs> nonsense is this? And my mum was always very just. I, sort of, I'm into being fair. You know, you've yeah, got to be yeah, just. Yeah. Even that age, very young, I used to mm. be like that because mm. when mum used to favor my brothers for whatever, I used to fight with her all the time. Mm. So I said, this, this, is, this is not right. What do you mean black, white? What's, what's going on here? And, uh, it's that triggered my curiosity, obviously, and I didn't like it. So we all got back on the boat, and I started talking to the other people. Who didn't all get adults. off the boat? You yes, and, you and then they tried to explain to me to mm. a certain extent what it was, mm. and I was still grappling with it at that age. Mm. And you know, that's my first exposure to the world, mm. and um, I guess always stayed in my mind. Mm. Later, when I got to know about it much better. It was also, oh, my God, I was there mm. at that time. Mm. So you land at Southampton. Who's waiting for you? Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want to know that. Yes, we do. Oh, it was the most appalling, appalling <laughs> experience of my life. <laughs> the Baptist Church right. was waiting for Not me. Not the Catholics. The ba- what happened? My girlfriend's sister <laughs> had joined this church, and they brought this bloody... Bus, I guess you could talk, it's a bit like the, the Tarago today, right? Yeah, yeah. And there were four or five of them, and they were carrying, I said, what is going on? Said, Are we going to a camp? I said, I love camp, so that was great. So we go to this camp, and they had, I, said, I was looking bonfire, you know, the usual things, and I said, strange things are going on. I was the only Indian person, that is all Chinese, mm-hmm. the old Baptist, Chinese Baptist, Baptist yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking something very odd about this place. <laughs> and I was 17. I don't know what this is about. Anyway, slowly then I started to realize that it was a camp where they bring, they bring the non, the heathens to be converted. Whatever they call them. Did you get, did you get baptized in the no creek? No way. You didn't get baptized? Bloody heathen. Absolutely. So, right, well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Nursing school, what was that like? Oh, wonderful. We where where did you train? In London. Yeah, but where, where? King, King Edward's Memorial uh-huh. Hospital. Right, right. And um, we had an absolute ball. I mean, I was 17. Can mm. you imagine? I mean, mm. my energy bus was just... In 66 in London. 68. Come, 68. Oh, the year of revolution. That's right. In London. Right At into it. Reggae, yeah. Acton, Shepherd's Bush, you yeah. name it. We, we roamed the town. Yeah. <laughs> We had an absolute ball. And mm. all young girls, like the people from British Guyana, Trinidad, mm. Tobago, Barbados, Sri Lanka, mm. um, Malaysia, of course. And people from all over the girls. Well, what happened was wherever the British have been, we were still ha- we still had those connections. So the people from those nations came to London to train. Mm-hmm. And I met a variety, a whole variety of people there. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely wonderful. All of us, we used, we used to go gallivanting partying in Africa too mm. and um, absolutely no end of pleasure mm. you know, it's my, don't, don't, don't this is a, very a family program <laughs> very <laughs> enjoyable days <laughs> no 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 no, no. We, we, what the things we used to like we used to go partying all night go mm. back take a shower and go to work, work yeah, that's yeah. how energetic we were uh, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the day bang you know yeah. just collapse into bed so when did you finish nursing training I finished in 72, right. and then I did midwifery after that mm-hmm. for a year. What was that like? That was fun. You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's the same, same old thing. Like, 
I literally grew up at that time in, in, in England. I mean, that was my best days in terms of pleasure, enjoying teenage, mm. exploring the freedom I had, no parents, no one watching me, nobody knows me, so nobody cares what I do. That's you know? right. yeah. I got to know about racism, sexism. I got you know, a good, good dose of it. Um, met the Irish, radical Irish, knew what that was all about. And then um, I did six months in London, then six months in Isle of Wight. Mm-hmm. Which was really interesting, and um, the first half we I did all the complicated, you know, um, deliveries in the hospital. The second half we did home deliveries, which is all the safe ones, yes. and mm-hmm. all the men faint, all the women, you know. Yeah, yeah, they, they know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Get a shot of whiskey. That here you are, go. Yeah. Yes, exactly, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Go room. boil some water. Yeah, have a cup of tea. That's get out right. of it. Literally, yeah. get a towel. We yeah. had the bikes. We had the phone. The the, the typical yeah. midwife role, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. good fun. Yeah. On the Isle of Wight. Did you have any emergencies you couldn't cope with that had to be airlifted? No, 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 because we were we were students at the time. We always right. had a supervising midwife. Right, right. So it was just training at that time. Mm. And then we went gone back to London and worked mm. in um, a variety of places like the Melbourne, not the Melbourne, the London Clinic, mm-hmm. which is a completely private. And I met a famous person. You would be surprised well, to know. Well, you've met Dale and me. We're famous. <laughs> Where? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who could be more famous than Dale and myself? I'm Radical Australia. I let you live your dreams, Dale. This is before Joseph wakes up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can tell the listeners. I mean, I'm not going to listen, but tell the listeners. I don't think there are any famous people in the world, but tell the listeners who you think is famous. Do you know Pirelli Tyres? Yes. You didn't meet the person who made the Pirelli calendars. I did. The Pirelli calendars. No, no, calendars, tyres. No, but you're not a man, are you? I've got two boobs in the front. That's I'm what I'm saying. You've got to, I mean, you're not a man. I that mean, doesn't make a woman. When, 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 when you think of Pirelli, we think of calendars. Oh, you guys have your, your brain. They have. I tell you, they had, Joseph does. They had, they had, and they still do, have the most incredible calendars. Very stylish. Pirelli. I, I always well, what about Pirelli ties? Who did you meet? The tire maker, the owner, the guy. Oh, was he sold. sick? Was he having a baby or something? No, no, no. This is a private bloody clinic. They do all this, this cosmetic crap. You know, he oh, burned yeah. his hand. He came in plastic surgery. Yeah. The reason I remember him is because of not in the tires, but he was the only person who gave me a tip. You know, they used to give tips to nurses in the yes, old days. Yes, yes. Five pounds, which is a large amount yeah. <laughs> in my days. Uh-huh. You're lucky he didn't get you to pose for the calendar. I slapped him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't know anything about Pirelli calendars? They're worth no, thousands never of heard dollars of it. Now. I'm not a man. I don't look for shit like that. No, no, Sorry. You make money out of it. It's, they sell them It's not about money. Yeah, you exploit men's weaknesses. I, exactly, I, I see yeah, plenty I of them around. Yeah, right. you, you make money every that. time. Oh, God. All right, look, it's 4.32. This is Radical Australia. He's we trying to turn are... you into a capitalist. We... <laughs> Well, we do now, live I'll, in a capitalist world. So. Yeah, now I'll get it wrong. We're talking to Lali Ch- Chalia. <laughs> <laughs> You're a stupid Chilala. bloody Aussie. Thank you, Dale. Not- yeah, no, we want we want the Tamil. Lali da Chalia. Lali da. Lali da. Lali da. It's light. Lali da. Lali da Chalia. Sounds like a chocolate. Lali da Chalia. Are you commenting on my skin colour? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't dare. You know why? It's not black enough. That's why I wouldn't dare. <laughs> All right. Shades so, so, so when did you arrive in Australia? 78. What made you come here? Uh, I mean, you've been in London, in the centre of the universe. You've had a great time. 
you, you graduated. Don't tell me it was love. He's got no. a point. Oh, good, good. Come on, that's because that's what happens usually. You meet somebody and you go over to the no, country. No, I was having too much of a good time to worry about love. But why come to Australia? Well, there's there's a sort of a gap in between. I actually went to work in Switzerland for a year. Uh-huh. Well, you've been to a private clinic, obviously. You're well trained for Switzerland it. was just appalling. Why? I'll never go back there. Why? Loved the skiing, but everything else was just appalling. If you ever want to live among the moneyed, that's where you go. Mm-hmm. A police state it was when I was there. I worked in Lausanne, and we all did French and dropped some notes in French and stuff like that. But well, Lausanne is in Switzerland. It is. It, no, it's basically a little collection of bureaucrats that have been thrown there. I mean, I've been to Switzerland. I've been to the Tunisian province, and I got good friends yeah, there. Yeah, the, 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 the Germans, yeah. the Italians, yeah, and the French. French. That's right. And they hate each other. So that's no, a no, different no, story. No, they just tolerate. <laughs> they do. They tolerate each other. Mm. Uh, all right, let's forget about anyway, Switzerland. You came here. You know, let's after get that, let's I get went here. back. I, you went I back. spent here. I went back to Malaysia. Uh, ah, yeah. my parents have. Had you seen your parents in the, in the intervening eight years? I came back once, mm-hmm. and that's what is it. And I went back to do my midwifery. free. And after my general, mm-hmm. I went back to do midwifery. free. And I worked in Malaysia for four years. Four years. Yes, mm-hmm. and I I have to say I've. Um, Never worked in a place as racist as Malaysia. Mm-hmm. The three races there, you know, and and by the time I had come back to Malaysia to work, uh, Dr. Mahathir was a premier, and um, he had implemented this um, um, positive discrimination policy, which I tended to agree with, generally speaking. Um, but it got to a stage where discrimination set in, and uh, the Indians were treated very badly. And the Chinese were reasonably okay because they, they had their own business. They were very businessmen-like people, as, as you probably know. And um, the Indians suffered enormously. And I had a lot of problems because less Majesty as well. We had the royalty coming to work in the nursing areas, and I had plenty of flights, and I had to leave the country, basically. That's why I came here. <laughs> well, did you think, do you think you were going to be arrested, didn't yes, you? Yes, I was told by the Secretary mm. of the Nurses' Union of Malaysia, Lalita, leave, otherwise you'll end up in jail. Literally. Mm. Literally, right. That's why I thought, okay, time to go. And we actually accepted you. You had no choice. Why you needed that? nurses. That's right. <laughs> I remember I remember those periods. I remember we did need people to do some work. That's right. Exactly. Lazy so, Aussies, So yeah. where did you arrive? Melbourne. What did you think when you got out of the airport? Uh, it was fresh. I remember it was a, a coolish sort of day. Diplomatic. And um, it was it was lovely. But you know, when I arrived here, I stayed with a friend. I stayed in. Now, hang on, could place. I ask you a personal question? Go ahead if I want to. Were I'll those Baptists it. waiting for you at Melbourne Airport? Oh no. <laughs> Who was waiting for you? Them. Who was waiting? No for one. No I one. Just, you no. just turned up. Uh, well, I mean, I had travelled the world by this stage, and yeah, I had you didn't need anybody. To... I had no fear. No. But did you? <laughs> so have... I just got off, caught a taxi, went to the address I wanted to go to, and that's right. it. That's friends or the hospital? Or... Friends, yeah. yeah. And um, I got a job straight away. Mm. You know, what so hospital? Uh, Royal Women's Hospital. Royal Women's. And uh, how long did you stay there? For? I stayed there for a year, and then I worked at the Royal Melbourne ICU for a year, mm-hmm. and then um, I went to do uh, maternal and child health nursing. Um, and then um, I joined the Radical Party. The Radical that, Party? Yeah, the, the, the Socialist Workers' Party at oh, that time. thank you. Socialist Workers' Party for Radical Party. And became, I thought we had a Radical Party in Italy, but not here. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. Not that so radical. Why, it's a different radical. Why would a young woman <laughs> who's a 
professional nurse yes. who's been basically evicted out of Malaysia <laughs> want to join a radical revolutionary party. What drove you to that? I have a couple of things. One is I was trying to understand racism mm. and sexism. So were you having trouble with racism and sexism in Australia? Everywhere I went. Mm, but was it worse here? Uh, I hadn't come across too much of it at that, that stage. Mm. I, <laughs> I should say colonialism as well. When I was <laughs> in England, exactly. one lady asked me, do you people live in trees in your country? And I looked at her and I said, you know what? I cannot explain this to you. I just said, yes, we do, and walked off. <laughs> Never forgot this lady. Uh, yeah. And therefore I thought I'm going to be... she didn't tip you either. No, I should have tipped her in a bloody cold bath, <laughs> but that's a different story. She was a patient. I yeah, couldn't that's do what that. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, sexism has always been there because of the experience within my family and my community where they, you know, think boys are better off than girls. And that, that has a history as well. I'm not excusing it, but there were objective reasons as to why that was happening in communities. But um, I did not understand uh, the actual reasons for it. You know, there was some logic to what they were doing. But then I saw, well, women, women earned a living, supported the parents. Why would then women continue to be treated so badly? And I saw a lot of trauma in, in, in England as well. So what did you see in the Socialist Workers' Party that attracted you? Um, well, I, I hung around a lot of young people at the time and um, they were in the party and, and we got, you know, talking and, mm-hmm. and I expressed my concerns and, and curiosities and said, why don't you join us and, and, you know, you might learn more. And I did. And what year was this? Um, 1980. 80, right. Yeah. And how long did you were you associated with the Socialist Workers Party? Oh, about 15 years at 15 that time. 15 years? And what type yeah. of activities were you involved in? Oh, you name it. I was in it. Well, you tell us. <laughs> All right, we can name it, but you may say, I wasn't involved in that. <laughs> well, tell us some of the important so actions you were involved in. There's so many campaigns, yeah. you know. Um, I was part of a committee called CARPA, which is um, Committee Against Repression in the Pacific and Asia, and doing solidarity work for people like East Timor at the time. PNG at that time was so high on the agenda. Um, and I also was active in women's activities, but I found that a little bit interesting because uh, it was dominated by gay women and um, that was high agenda. I did not understand because I wasn't exposed to, mm-hmm. to those ideas at the time. And uh, while I felt, yeah, they've got, they've got a just cause, but I wasn't sure why they were dominating it rather than fighting sexism as a whole. And the anti-male sentiment I could not gel with because I've got brothers, I've got my dad. Why mm. would I be against my own siblings? And I know if I'm in trouble, I could rely on them at that time. Mm. It, it, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, but I stayed with it. Um, because the good thing was they were fighting for women's rights, and mm-hmm. that made sense to me. But the other things I was willing to wait and see how it evolves, how it pans out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in general political activity, selling the papers, at that oh, time yeah, it was yeah. direct action, yes, yeah. and being in the peace movement, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. trade union was attractive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another story that I in, got involved in yeah. 86. But in 86. So 
you got involved in '86, or you're in- no, no. I was I was nursing and mm. doing all this basic uh, party stuff for some right. time. Then I mm. went to Brisbane. Then I went I went to Sydney. Mm-hmm. I worked in railways. I left nursing. They had this turn it turn to industry in that party. That time you might be yes, familiar yes, with that yes, idea. Yes. And uh, I worked in the railways, and I actually stood for elections in the AIU in Sydney and lost by like five votes or Both, something, yep, which yeah. which was a really pity. But after that, I went to <laughs> Brisbane, and I saw some of the horrific uh, racist attitudes by the cops against the Aboriginal people. I remember this one incident where I was standing there, I had tears. I don't normally cry, but this was just so horrendous. Mm. I just stood there. I was s- frozen because I didn't know what to do. They That's had this right. paddy and they had these big sticks. They were mm. belting the, the Aboriginal people with, yes. and they were just shoving them into the back of the paddy wagon. I thought... What do uh, I do? Yeah, what do yeah, I do? Yeah. Whereabouts in Queensland was that? Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. yeah. Look, you're not telling us anything because we were I both just, we were both born in Queensland. Yeah. Oh, I was astounded. Dale and I were born in Queensland. We did the BLK Peterson exactly, years. We did the BLK. We know exactly. My dad was a police officer. <gasps> so you you had a, you, you you got the easy oh. times. You should have been there in the seventies. You know. God, I was actually um in a protest. I think it was in seventy one. I must have been about twenty, and. You, you wouldn't know a man, a man called Senator Georges, would you? He's dead now. Yes, yes, I've heard of him. Right, yes. right. Actually, I've met him. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was a wonderful human being. He's dead yes. now. But we were in a protest together. You know, there's about 100 of us. And they came in with batons. But the thing was, not only did they beat us young punks up, they'd also used to beat up Senator Georges. And he was a Labor Party senator mm. and throw him in the... Pa- that's 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 the nature of the of the government at that yeah. particular... Bialki yeah. Peterson at that particular point in time. Yeah. So they were a law until themselves. It was awful. I couldn't handle it. Anyway, so I came, came back to Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. So we, I mean, I had to. Put, I had gone to Perth for a mm, year before that. Mm, Perth was just as bad. Mm, you know, people used to threaten me when I was selling the newspaper, yes, the uh, um, direct action on the street. They'd say, "I'm going to report you to Interpol. What are you black people doing here? Why don't you go back to where you come from?" And I used to swear at them, you know, but mm, just ignored them sometimes because sometimes there's no point arguing people. No, no. It's like banging your head against a brick wall. It. Mm, oh, you do your thing. I'll do mine. You know, just get on with it. So you came back to Melbourne in 86? Yeah, it was good. No, I came back in 85. 85, right. I worked and, at, yep. uh, well, went back to nursing and, and did a year. And then I was, of course, a, mem- a member of the, at that time, the Royal Australian Nursing Federation. Mm-hmm. And 85 was the year that my um, bigger involvement with the Nurses Union began. In December, I moved a motion at a mass meeting at the Mind Music Bowl that would be going indefinite strike because that's when the Cane government was mm. really... Uh, you know, under the under the gun, I well, what do you call it? Under under the pump, mm. trying to put a lid on the radicalization of nurses. When we were fighting for thirty years, we had had wage rises, and um, they were they were not sure what to do. Barbara Carson was the secretary, and she was very into royalty and you know of that caliber. And um, they were saying, "Oh, we'll strike for twenty four hours. What half a day? Two days?" I said, "No, that's bullshit. Because if you do for." If you strike for one or two days, you go back and you've got the one or two days' work to catch up on. Mm. And when you face the enemy, you don't tell them your strategy. You st- you don't go for indefinite strike and a story. And it got carried unanimously. Unanimously. <laughs> yes. So you are the person who's responsible for the 86 nurses strike. No, 85. We went, 85. went out for a week. A week. Yes. You said indefinitely. We say indefinitely, but they called us to the negotiation table. Oh, they couldn't right. take it okay. anymore. Right. So what ha- <laughs> now, tell us about this Latrobe incident in 86. What's going on now? Is this your first criminal conviction? No, 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 no. You've got um, a long list, hopefully. <laughs> must be so proud. 
No, so that strike um, I, I ended. Hope, I hope you're a citizen, not a resident. I am a citizen. Good. I don't have dual citizenship like Tony Abbott, so I'm safe. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> we wouldn't send you back to Malaysia. Oh, they can. It's, it, they'll send me back anyway because I'm not a Malaysian <laughs> citizen. <laughs> so what happened in 86? You're well, at the 86, um, mm. well, in 86, I got employed by the union as an organiser mm-hmm. and Irene Bolger got elected as a secretary. So we had other people who were also from the left working in there and it was the, the nurses' anger and frustration was building up to a crescendo mm-hmm. in 86 um, October, end of September, early October. It, it worked up to crescendo because the government was not budging in terms of demands of what the nurses wanted. And there was a mass meeting. Where was it? Probably the MC, not MCG. What's that other building there? Um, uh, the uh, Around the corner? No, no, no. It's, no. A, it, it's a huge, um, I should know that. Free, not the Freemasons. It's the, uh, it's, it's. Not the Freemasons. One of those... Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We had a mass meeting. More than 5,000 nurses mm-hmm. voted to go on indefinite strike. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. That's because they remembered your motion in 1985. Well, they learned how to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a good taste of radicalism. Yeah. So off you go, indefinite yes. strike. So what happened to little Wonderful. old you? Wonderful. Sorry? What happened to little old you in that strike? What happened to you? To me? Mm. I had a ball. <laughs> I wouldn't exchange it for the world. Never. It was just fantastic. It was mm. that all that energy, all that anger, all that radicalism just came pouring out. Mm. And, um, you know, for 50 days, I would leave home at 8 o'clock in the morning, come back at 10. Mm-hmm. And we didn't take a pay because I moved a motion within the office that organizers, officers in the, in, in the union don't take a, uh, a wage because members weren't paying the dues. They were actually on strike and they were not getting paid. So mm-hmm. we too would sacrifice it. Mm-hmm. And we would all take our bills to the union and the strike fund was established. Hundreds of thousand dollars got donated mm-hmm. and our bills were paid by the um, by the union. So it was good. Mm-hmm. And it was... Um, Ah, it was so inspiring, you know, to go and talk to women who were charged up and they said, we're going to win the strike. It was just an amazing, amazing um, experience, one in a lifetime. Mm. Once in a lifetime, people go through experiences like that. Mm. And what was, for me, the, the most significant, two significant things. One, we were opposed to the accord, which the Labour Party signed on behalf of the employers mm. with the um, with the employers and the um, trade unions, uh, and ACTU hated us. Trades Hall didn't support us. We won that strike, I think, mainly because the public were with us. That's right. Over 80%, 80-85%. It was the public. It was amazing. And then the the beauty of it was in front of St. Vincent's where there's a nature strip. We Mm. set up a huge tent. Mm. Vic Market was providing us with food, Food. and every lunchtime people just landed there. And, you know, all this energy, all this conversation, all this, you Mm. know, the Mm. celebration almost, you know. It is. It was a celebration. It's wonderful. Celebration. It just shows you what can actually happen when people get together. That's right. And, you know, nothing works like people power. Mm-hmm. That did, you know. Towards the end, Kelty flew to Tasmania and and mm-hmm. tried to run away from it. Irene chased him, mm-hmm. got him nailed down. <laughs> so, you great. said you were in the Socialist Workers Party for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Now, when that organisation um, did it actually fold or disintegrate, or you? Delete? No, I left because I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. Was the end of the strike and in the nineties, and yeah. it was tiring and. Um, and I got it. I got um, 
account of the nurses union and i worked as a nurse i injured my back and a few other the things happened stuff, yeah. yeah and then kids, all, yeah. kids come and kids all these things happen kids kids Two. kids when did this happen ah uh, actually 94 some somewhere along the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> 94, 94. and kids, 97 yeah. you're a busy boy i was at salon yeah. and well, um, i never said you weren't <laughs> you wouldn't dare <laughs> And um yeah and um I guess that took a lot of my time but I never really was not involved in politics in right. some shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um and I sort of still supported you know like the greens or whoever was yes, during the election campaigns yep. to do all mm-hmm. the usual you know leafleting and how to vote cards yep. and that sort of stuff and get into campaigns mm-hmm. marches. Is there any campaigns that you believe are particularly important today? today right now mm, right now mm. what i like to see a huge campaign a united campaign against racism mm-hmm. including the aboriginal stuff and the refugee stuff and islamophobia i mean that's one important thing but even bigger i think we need a massive movement against what the abbot government and the alp are doing i think that would be magnificent mm. because that's what happened in greece That's We need right. to get up and say enough is enough. That's We're not right. copying this anymore. Mm. It's not just Greece, Italy. Yeah. Portugal. Yes. Spain. Well, Spain, yeah. Look at Spain. Right. Yeah, just, you know. These are, these are people wonderful. Like, these are people like people in the nurses strike. It's the same. That's right. It's the same feeling. That's right. The same momentum. You know, people have got to just be pushed to that level. Yeah. Yes, it's just the desire for change. Mm. Enough is enough. Mm. How much more are we going to cop? Mm. And I think that's I think first on the list. and i think the others will will change underneath that people because you know you you look at those marches against the um uh, the aboriginal yeah, uh, attacks uh, in west, in western australia yes. 15000 that's right wonderful yep. wonderful stuff mm. you know um we need more of that but it has to be bundled up with an opposition to tony abbott mm. Mm. so how old are your kids now Ah, uh, my daughter's twenty-one. My son's seventeen. Well, you going to send him off to England to study nursing? No, he's left home. He decided to find his own way. I said, "Fine." They told, "I don't. You're too young to leave." He said, "Ma, you left at seventeen. Why can't I?" I said, right. "Fine." Well, you can't argue. Go with find that. your feet. You can't argue with that. No. Yeah, Unfortunately, I told him I left home at seventeen, and it <laughs> comes back to bite me. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Radical parents, radical children. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. So they learn. So, what type of things are you doing today? Well, at the moment I've uh, I'm back. I've thrown my ring back hat into the ring, I guess. I've joined the the Social Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh and doing whatever campaign comes along like like the ones we just mentioned and I'm doing two programs with Tracy R. What? You do programs here. They let you into this a radical woman like you into free I was invited darling you were invited who invited you we'll need to expel those people but right trying is expelling Gabby and the manager Marian they invited you yes oops i've kind of you just put your foot in your mouth just, take yeah, it I've out just, i was to the mark <laughs> <laughs> They invited you to come to 3CR. Yes. Bill Dallin might be on the Solidarity Breakfast four years ago. Did he? Miss him greatly. Hmm. And um, the other one is now is going to start up next Friday, Green Left Weekly Radio. Mm-hmm. So there's a team of us working team. on that one. A team. Who's on the team? Uh, some of the people. You no, know. it's secret, yeah. is it? Uh, you'll find out. When is it starting? Next Friday. Next Friday. What 8 time? 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Yes. Friday at 8 a.m. That's right. What happened to Friday breakfast? 
I don't know. I think they were. They're probably having a break, or they're yeah, having, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they did. What type of things are you going to canvas at Friday at eight a.m.? Lots of things. Like there are lots of things that are covered, you know, uh, in in the main media and mm. even through CNN. There's only so much. You're not. You're kidding. If you're reading the Herald Sun, that's that's all you need, isn't it? Do I mean to answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that all you need? I don't need that paper in my house or yeah. within my sight. Thank you very much. Oh, don't you like Mr. Murdoch? Uh, yeah, I like him. I, I'd like him better if he was dead, but that's a different question. Barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and what other programme did I invite you to take part in? Which programme? You told me you're on a, several programmes. No, two. I used one? to do another programme called Get by Sea. What? Get what? by Sea. Uh-huh. Improve your English, Joe. What's wrong with you? Uh, I'm a migrant. So am I. Yeah, I know, but you're even better than mine. <laughs> Mine's British English, darling. <laughs> Up on me. Obviously, you've got that from the national anthem. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what was that program about? Well, it was about what's happening in Southeast Asia mainly, mm. uh, because I don't think we give enough coverage to all the nations in that area. Only now the Rohingyas have come for mm. coming to the limelight, so okay. to speak. Unfortunately, mm. in fact, and uh, all you hear is refugees, you know, from Southeast Asia. It's this is a horrible image. Um, given to people about the the Asian Southeast Asians, and when they say Asians is Chinese, they, they forget, forget about the, the Malays and the Philippines, you know, the Filipinos, Singaporeans, Indonesians, and the Indians. We all supposedly, according to the British Asians, but that's the, the colonial sort of terminology. But that <clears throat> I I was doing that for a while, and the person was doing it with me vacated, so I had difficulty keeping up with that. Right, yeah. But I would love to start it up again mm-hmm. because I think we. See ourselves part of the British bloody empire, for, even though from so, so far away. And they keep saying, oh, we're part of Asia, but doing all the, no, no, you know. No, we are part of the British empire. What do you think Tony gave uh, the, um, what's his name, the gold? <laughs> the knighthood. I mean, I mean, to the old man. I mean could you imagine <laughs> old Philip say, what, what? I've got hundreds of these things. What do I want another one for? Could you imagine it? Now, even mm. it would have been a laughing stock of the I monarchy. Know, I mean, I this know. man, as you said, it's a problem. So <sighs> I, what would you like? To do for the rest of your life, apart from rest. Oh, I don't know. I don't want any rest. You I, want rest no? I need to be active. So, what would you want? To, what What are your plans for the future? My plans to be as radical as as I possibly can. But how? March into my grave. That's what I like to do. March into your grave. <laughs> it can be arranged. <laughs> I'm sure Tony Abbott would like to arrange it, but it's another mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, be, you know, you either you're part of the problem. Mm. Or what would they say? You you are part of the solution, solution. or you're part of the problem. The problem. Very right. much a solution gang here, mate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? What do you do? Well, sit back and whinge about what they're doing? No, mm-hmm. you can't. You can't just get angry. You you got to be active. That's right. As they say, you know, if if um, injustice becomes law, is duty to resist. That's right. Yeah. So that's the theme of my life. I can't help myself anywhere. I've been like that for a long time. <laughs> Hard to change. You're right. If they say in a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Absolutely. Not my words, George Orwell's words. My yeah. Practically, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So have you got any advice for our listeners before we I don't advise out? people. Yes, you do. You've got no, advice. I don't. You're advising our listeners. No, I'm not. Not people. They're not people. They're <laughs> listeners. <laughs> you mean thing. <laughs> Sharing things that have worked for you. Yeah. Any advice? Anybody listening to this program who thinks, yeah, this sounds interesting. 
Ali's had a wonderful life. It's a, you know, a very yes, productive life. <laughs> I'd like to go down that path and they're young. What would, what would you suggest young to them? Young women thinking about, thinking about acting but yeah. not sure, a bit yeah. uh, reticent well, because you know what They need to get involved. They need to get involved in something mm-hmm. to keep, you know. The thing is, no point complaining. Complain doesn't get you anywhere. You've got to do something. You know, I believe the only thing that's permanent in life is change. And if you're not willing to put your your money where your mouth is and do something about changing the things you don't like, then just forget it. Mm. It's not worth living. You know, everybody can can grow up, have kids, die. That's what most people do. But I don't want to be most people. Mm. And I I would like to encourage young people to say, look, you've got the energy. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what can you do to to better the life of people around you? Well, Lali, all I can say is it's been a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> and on the 8 a.m. on Friday, the 26th of June, is it the 26th? Yes. Please listen into the new program. What's it called? Green Left Weekly Radio. So an hour, half an hour? Half an hour at this Half stage. an hour. Excellent. And you've got some guest co-presenters. Yes. Excellent. And now if, it, if it's a dud... We're going to take Marion and Gab out and shoot them. So you better make sure it's a brilliant program. Hey, there's a black woman running it, so watch out. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of black woman running, women running lots of things at 3CR. That's why it's so successful. <laughs> That's Probably. right. That's well, point. Thank you for listening to Radical Australia. Thank you, Lali, for coming in. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you, Empress Dale. Thank you for having me. No, it's a That's pleasure. Fun. And if you've got any interesting friends, and you may have one or two, Tell them to come in and talk to us. I will. We are harmless. Harmless. We are going to be harmful. Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> our guests are harmful, but we're harmless to our uh, guests. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Thank <laughs> you once again. Thank Listen you. Listen to Radical Australia next week. And don't forget, we need money for the radio fund right yes. now. 94198377. You like the interview? Donate some cash. Coming up next is Brainwaves. <laughs>